A very interesting neighbor has moved in next door to Charlie Brewster. Charlie with a Y. He's so cool. <laughs> what? There's something odd about this guy, though, and he may or may not be a vampire. But hey. <laughs> but oh, uh, may or not. it's one of those movies. But hey, it's all in the life of living in the suburbs. It's movies for guys who like movies. Taking a look at Fright Night, 1985. What would you do? accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human. Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. You want them? We got them. Movies for guys who like movies. Coming up next, only on TBS. We've all opened our beverages, so... Yeah, now whatever. <laughs> yeah, that one's mine. Well, I was just gonna... I think you need a little puff. There we go. Oh, a little bit. Man. Well, you had the nice little puff. I, oh. The first thing... Alright, welcome to New Blood Rising Podcast presents movies for guys who like movies. It's I'm William Rankin, of joined, of course, with... Uh, Char- uh, Charlie. I am, I am who are you? Who the, he's, he's who the hell are you? Am, who are you? Who is this man? <laughs> I'm... Jason Kiesler, I guess. <laughs> that would make me Charlie Stabile. And um, we're taking a look at Fright Night, and I say 1985, not like it's the, that big of a franchise. It's the one from 1985. There's four movies out of it. Good God. Well, I meant like it's the not the 1985th. <laughs> it's the original. It comes out every day. Right. But um, I had forgotten about the 2011 one, to be honest, so that's why I've, I've had to... That's a shame because that's actually like the best remake of the last twenty years. I've definitely not seen that, so I have not. I've, it's I, I, fun. We're gonna oh, get it's to that great. I want to. I want to get kind of comparison from you guys. Sure. We're taking a look at Fright Night. It's fascinating because we're finally diving into a horror movie on um, on the podcast here. The quick thing I want to start off with, and I want to ask if you guys have ever had this. Like when I was a kid, I remember there was a movie. I remember two like shots or images from the movie. But like nothing to where I could ever find out what it was. I couldn't Google what was in my mind because I wouldn't get what I was looking. I remember there were two images. There was a guy in a red scarf, and I remember at one point there was a guy with a pencil in his hand, and like his oh. eyes are messed up. And then for years I went. I'm talking like Did you from, mark out. If I, for I went since I was eight years old, and I was like, I don't know what this movie is, and it felt like it was a trashy movie in my mind. I was like, it's a real 
like just kind of team maybe two a.m. Yeah, and then it's what it is. When it we is were exactly watching this, and I saw Chris Sarandon, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" I saw the scarf, and then I saw the hand, and I was like, "Holy shit!" That movie for years that I, I, so I've seen it, but I hadn't seen it really. Yeah. So like, it was Fright Night. So this is fascinating to get into, and this is an interesting cool. movie to to pick. This was on Jason, and so. Kind of want to want you to lead it off here with uh, yeah. Why'd you your thoughts on? Want to do Fright Night? Because it's it's always <laughs> difficult when you look at horror movies because there's always the subgenres and you got to pick which one. For so for me, really, the better of the horror movies are the ones that are fun, that, like like scary and fun. This movie has two things going for it. It's got ham and cheese, mm-hmm. like cheesy but the right way. The actors ham it up in the right times. Um, I mean. Chris Sarandon is fantastic, just overly done, like the way. This is a career highlight for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, What was he in Child's Play? Well, it's the same director. Yeah. It's Tom Holland. So yeah, he carried over into Child's Play. But Chris Sarandon, I mean, he was in Princess Bride. She related to Susan. I never knew that for sure. They look. I think they're. I think they're brother sister, but I don't quote me on that. He's the Eric Roberts of the. (laughs) That's a shame. He's a. He's very good. Yeah. And and here, continue though. I'm sorry. It's. I just remember watching it. Seeing it as a kid, waking up when it was rented and walking through, and there's a scene later on in the movie where someone's dying and they're melting, and it's like that image in my head, that was the thing that scared the shit out of me as a kid. And then my uncle sat down and says, just watch it, it's fun, and traumatizing me. But but younger, then I get older... And I'm like, this is a hoot. This It's not a comedy horror movie. Yeah, it's not taking itself seriously. It's not a parody. It's just... It's what I wish we still had with the late night horror movie shows with the cool cheesy guests. I miss that too. That would introduce the movie and it's our ver- it's his version of uh, when we were growing up with Monster Vision. Yeah, right. with Joe Bob Briggs. Right. That's that was our that was what we would see in the middle of the night when you know when we'd be watching a shitty horror marathon. Have you seen this a lot? Had you seen this all a lot? all my life? Yeah, I don't remember a point in in time where I didn't know this movie or its sequel. Right. I'm a fan of the sequel also, which is actually really hard to find. Um, but yeah, I grew up with this. This is, I used to watch this movie with my dad all the time. And as I got older and got a real appreciation for the genre, I began to see a, like what this movie was really doing. was It was a modern update of like the Hammer horror films of, of the 50s and 60s that Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's when I really started liking this movie more because I think for the most part it's a great send up and a tribute uh, to what those films were yeah I think it, one thing it, the, the movie is not subtle about is it's it's really showing like even literally the cancellation of uh, Vincent's show mm-hmm. that it's your horror is outdated this slasher what's that line of dialogue yeah yeah says the, the they, want, masks. they want uh, psycho killers and hockey masks it's so weird because over time it's actually Got turned around. It's came Sl- slasher movies are out are not in style. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like I, the first thing I thought of when watching this was it. It felt it felt like for its era, it did what's kind of what Scream did in '96, where it's taking yeah. it's kind of taking like a almost a self referential look at its genre. It's kind of mm-hmm. maybe parody, comedy, kind of you know. It's in that type of realm where it's it's kind of deconstructing its own. Oh yeah, genre. Um, it goes through all the tropes. I mean, that, that, that's always like the schoolyard argument I remember. Like, which one do you prefer, Fright Night or Lost Boys? Mm, I got gotcha. you. I always said Fright Night. Yeah, still to this day. Because Lost Boys is fun. But it, well, it doesn't have this movie's um, 
what, what's the word? Appeal, I guess. Like the, the, this movie has a charm to it that I think is, right. is really hard to, to beat. So let's get into just just basic facts. Came out 1985. Uh, budget was about nine million and ended up grossing about 25. So you know, successful movie, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, director, as you said, was Tom Holland. This is his first movie he directed. I think so. He had written a few flicks beforehand, um, such as Psycho 2, which I've heard I great, love I've Psy- heard great Dude, things about Psycho 2. I have seen Psycho 2 many times. That is an underrated movie. That movie is so damn I good. I feel like just because it's called Psycho 2, right. it's dismissed. No, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, it's one of my favorite sequels. It's an 8 out of 10. Like wow. It's not the first one. But the, thing, the problem with Psycho 2 is it got me curious to, about the sequels to that. Yeah. It, no, stop it too. Like the only thing that two really does interestingly is uh, like in terms of story wise is that it retcons something from the first movie. Oh, which, cool! I mean, take it or leave it. Yeah, but definitely sometime maybe we'll do Psycho two. Great movie. Um, he would go on to write Fright Night two. He wouldn't direct it. I think That's right. he's got the writing credit, which that could mean a variety of things. Could mean he had already had an idea. He can it to someone, and anyone could have come up with the idea for that second one. <laughs> um, his future directing jobs would be. I did. I love that he did Fatal Beauty. Mm-hmm. I actually remember that movie. It's not a great movie, but it was a Sam Elliott, Whoopi Goldberg kind of cop movie, mm-hmm. which was all right. The trailer was on my copy of Spaceballs. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, remember that buying yeah. movies and getting trailers. I wonder what trailers are going to be on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would also do Child's Play, as you're talking about, which would be that's probably that would break major ground for is, another franchise. His best movie. I, I don't know which one I like more. Do you like Thinner? Because I've never seen yeah. that. And I know that was another one he would direct. Oh, I forgot he did that. It's okay. Yeah. It has a really sick ending. Okay. I, rem- I always I remember the ending of that movie more than I remember the movie. Because I haven't seen it in 20 is it, years. Is it, who's in that? Is it Leota? Is That's, Ray Leota in that or not? I'm sorry. I kept he might be, but he's not the main character. I don't even yeah. know who that... Oh, oh, it's Robert John Burke. The guy that played uh, Robocop in the third one. Oh, really? okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the movie's... Bleh. So... Where do you guys kind of want to start with this? Like, um, taking a look like... Uh, I, first of all, like, I, I maybe this will be a good jumping off point. The movie feels like it's it's kind of a, a rear window takeoff yes. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of sort of like where, from this guy's vantage point, like the kind of character... Because the first five minutes, you get a ton of backstory and like the first five minutes, like, give you a ton of that, plot. That panning shot. Mm-hmm. That thing's really good. <laughs> yeah, it goes right up into his window. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I mark out for shit like that. Uh, I think it sets up everything right there, right? Yeah, like in that in that bedroom scene. Um, I love Roddy McDowell. I think he's I think he's the best thing he ever did. I think this is his best character, and it's really it's like a combination of Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. I think it would have been interesting if one of those guys could have played this part. But I'm glad it's Roddy McDowell because he had great comedic sensibilities. Do you know he took his direct, like his idea from how he's going to play from the Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz? I was like, that's really good. That's like that's right. a cool idea, and it comes through. Like when I heard when I when I read that, and then I went back and thought, I was like, that came through a lot. In the mm-hmm. line. What did you guys think? Of the main character, Char- played by Charlie William Ragsdale. Yeah. What did uh, you think? Way too old to be a high school student, but that's part of the charm of. I think he does a, a good job. Like, like considering, like this could have easily been an insufferable, like piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I, but when you have two actors that are as good as Roddy McDowell and Chris Sarandon, and your main character is going to be a kid, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like, God, I, uh, it might be hard to root for this kid. But I actually think he makes a great team with Roddy McDowell. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's a very competent actor. It was the last thing he was in Hatchet Three. He still acts. 
So, no, good for him. Good for him. Um, <laughs> Jason, what your initial thoughts? Like, kind of like, uh, what did you think of the Charlie character? Like, as your main our protagonist? I mean, uh, I liked it. You know, they set him up to be so wrapped in this. I like horror movies, but then his room doesn't dictate it. You know, nowadays, like if if they were to make this character, everything would be black. And it would just be overly gothed out. It's like the only thing that you've got is that little tiny TV just playing That's all, these yeah. like, horror movies. That's all I, you need. Yeah. I did not get enough. Like I, I never felt like enough. He was a big horror fan. Like yeah. I like, agree. Like, like he wasn't researching horror movies. Yeah. Like, like and like I, the point you made about the room. Like we don't get it. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's a lot of posters or, or or things. Like I would think like a guy that guy's room would have. Tons of posters and, and maybe even memorabilia or something like that. Or even fake, like it's made up. It's not even like maybe, actual movies that we know of, like yeah, fake, fake ones. Movies, made, yeah. yeah. Or maybe he downplays it. Like, I, I mean, I was, uh, like, yeah, let's go back to high school. So, I, you know, I was a big wrestling fan, shit like that. But my room didn't dictate that. Mainly that was because my mother wouldn't let me decorate my own room. Mm. So, yeah, the way my room looked wasn't representative of the things that I was into. Uh, you know, whether it was wrestling or movies, like, I couldn't hang out posters. Like, that's why, like, when we moved in, we littered that apartment yeah. with posters. Yeah. You know, this is who we are, you know, that right. kind of thing. Right. So I, I can kind of let that go. But yeah, I do agree about that horror movie thing. Like, it's only kind of casually mentioned that he's a big horror movie buff. Yeah. Well, the fact that he has to go uh, get advice on how to handle a vampire. Because you would I think that if was you're, weird. Like, if you're that... into it, because that other guy didn't seem like he was that knowledgeable either. But he was supposed to be like Evil Ed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's dive in. Okay, so that's we have the buddy in the movie. Mm-hmm. Who's the actor's name? I didn't look up. I'll be honest. I didn't look up a lot. The of only other movie I remember him from is um, and he used to come on late at night was Nine Seven Six Evil. Yeah, he's in a tradition. I looked. Him that's up what he did time. instead of Fright Night Two. I think. Right. right? Okay. What a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he ended up becoming like a porn star. I know, I know. You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. I mean, like the. <laughs> at first, watching this, I was like, "Yeah, Evil Ed's his friend," but the little bit's like, "Is he?" That's right. what it's that kind it's of like, friend. The other thing I don't understand is like, usually, like the the purpose of the buddy is like, if he like when I make the discovery, oh my god, you that guy's a vampire, and he's like, "You explain to me," and you're on my side, mm-hmm. like. Okay, I'm with you. Nobody else believes you, but I do because we're friends. And we're kids. So and then, like, the, like it. the weird, like when Chris Sarandon eventually, like, um, uh, Jerry, Jerry Dandridge, Jerry Dandridge. When Jerry's like, you know, take my hand, nobody will bully you again. It's like, oh, so there's like, so we had that going on. Mm-hmm. Was Charlie bullying you? Is that why we're not like we weren't his buddy? Or that, See, I don't think that's is, the case. This is a good segue. Um, they kind of go into it more in the remake that they were friends. When they were kids, but as they got older, oh, okay. Charlie m- moved into a different crowd, a cooler crowd. But he still had his friend Ed, who he was kind of embarrassed of. I'll see. Okay, yeah, and that's one is, of the reasons why the remake was really good. That's all right, when we wrap up. That's the last part because I want to hear what you guys think about it. Because mm-hmm. the thing to me that's and I get and I get the framing of this type of movie. I understand what it's trying to be. The thing that I miss, I miss from it is a lot of like. Backstory, more build up, and stuff like that, stuff that's kind of missing. And part of it is that relationship. Like, I get the stuff with Amanda Burse, yeah. Marcy Darcy. That's yeah, probably Marcy what I'll Darcy. Call, that's man. probably what I'll call her the rest of the time. It's, it's, she'll I'm always not a be chicken. That's she'll <laughs> always be Marcy Darcy. Yeah. And you know what? Like the thing that I like about this movie, it actually makes her kind of attractive. 
versus we're married oh, she with children. Looks good. We're like, married with yeah. Empire now. Yeah. Oh my married god. Married children like did its best to not make her look attractive, mm-hmm. which it pretty well, much she was ugly on the inside. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> there, there you go. But um, <laughs> we get like that's what I was saying. That first five minutes with her is is great because it's like we get, like they they sum it up. They've been together a while. They've been he's been wanting to to have sex with her, kind of break the virginity with her. He's been wanting to do that. They haven't, and now it's and that's a great tie-in with what um, what they say Dracula was written for in the first place to begin with. That it's a metaphor for taking someone's virginity. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's a that, good. That's a great yeah. little tie-in to the movie. That, um, but later on in the movie, when it happens, that Jerry ends up turning her. Yeah. So he gets to her before Charlie does. Which yeah. it may be implied or not that they actually. It, I mean, it's not. Well, that's. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Like the fact that he turned her. That's sex. Oh yeah, yeah in, totally. in vampire mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's part of the reason. Like you can, if you really want to go into it, why Charlie would be so upset and just be like, "Oh my god, I hate this guy." Yeah. If I were him, I wouldn't like her either. By the end of it, no, I would not like her. I, at mean, all. I don't care because if you're or not. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like there. There, there, there's part of it where I get like you know the seduction of the character, but at the same time it's like, you fucked him. I I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I'm glad you're alive. Mm-hmm. You know I I felt well, the, it's the seductive quality of the vampire. I know, but you know what I mean. Like it's and it, maybe it's the way she, it it might be in the way she plays it because it seems like there's part of her that is still like I'm Amy still mm-hmm. like in here, and but I'm really kind of enjoying to me, this. It's the fact she took her own top off, not him. Yeah, not see, the vampire, and it's tough because like you can easily write off like oh it's just the seduction of the guy. I just if I'm Charlie at the end of it, I'm like I don't know if I really can see you anymore. Like I don't know, <laughs> but she's my best chance of getting laid at the moment. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But there's like, a reason she's not in the sequel. He's just not so, gonna look you in the eye. So maybe it's that. And, and, and I don't know. That's just. The, and I get it. Like you know, if 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 I'd watched that years ago, I I wouldn't. I was like oh no yeah, yeah everything's hunky dory. But it's like mm-hmm. the the me now can't help but think the jaded. Adult. Well, that and that's yeah. also they break up before this shit really gets going. Right, right. She's pissy at him a lot. And but going back to what you were talking about about the vampire myth being about or Dracula about the turn, it's because it's the moment she gets ready and takes her shirt off and is sitting there is the moment those guys come within eyeshot of him and he's immediately distracted by these dudes carrying something through their yard. Right. I, I right. Mean, me at sixteen. I don't know if I would have been looking at the... And it's not saying that. It was like, it's just really weird. So that's part of the, where it's going back. That they, There are parts of him that seem so much younger than he is. Well, I mean, also, you got to think... We don't know how long that house has been abandoned. Mm-hmm. And, you Because know, when he brings it up to his mom, she's like, somebody moved in? Mm-hmm. You know, like, really? So, yeah, I, I, I would imagine in the middle of the night you see two people walking by the house with a coffin. <laughs> might look a little lot. him a Valium. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Like yeah. his mom, his mom is like it's 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 the eighty. Yeah, yeah. do a lot of coke and book for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now let all right. We kind of kind of hit upon the our our protagonist side. Well, kind of antagonist. If you look at Ed, but like the our real antagonist, the Chris, excuse me, Chris Sarandon as Jerry, and then Billy Cole. Yeah. Is, well, <laughs> might as well hit both of them up. My man, bitch. You already said like you know. Does a great job. I, had to have, I agree. I think he does do see, a good job. I showed this movie to Mallory, and I was like, she knows more about this vampire stuff than I do. So, you know, and I've, I grew up with this movie, so I was like constantly asking her, I was like, explain to me this Billy Cole character. And what, what is what, he? Exactly. I was like, and I was like, and the reason I'm asking you to do this is because of something that's going to happen later in the movie. 
that I've never understood and I just took it at face value. And yeah, she explained it to me and it made perfect sense. That, How did she put it to you? That, that was basically like um, in vampire stories, they always had an assistant. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody that they turned, but they didn't completely turn them into a vampire because, so that they could be around during the daytime. It was like an, an it was like an un, un, unsaid power that they actually had. So yeah, I mean, he wasn't quite human, but he was still more human than a vampire. Yeah, yeah, because a vampire living on his own in modern times would be extremely difficult. I kept like, and I get if you're looking at the frame of this type of movie, what it's trying to be. I guess like it gets the movie can get away with not explaining a lot, virtually anything, because mm-hmm. like there's very little that's really actually explained, other than mm-hmm. it's. It's a vampire, accept that as the audience and move on. Yep. What he is, like, without, like, having a backstory and a research and understanding, like, the lore of... Then again, like, all these fucking movies. Here's the thing. They can create and and they can take into account or completely disassociate from any type of mythology that's associated with vampirism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and From Dusk Till Dawn is one of my favorites because by the end of it, they're not even vampires. They're just undead fuck things. I don't know yeah, what they are. Just, just kill them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which... I, I love again, that. Again, I understand. From Dusk Dawn, again, is in a frame of, it's a grindhouse movie. So, mm-hmm. like, I, 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 no problem. All right? I'm, I'm fine. Um, the best part about the vampire mythology, though, is in these movies, you can always bring up stuff, and a vampire can laugh it off. And right. go, Which they that's do. Movie, yeah, that's movie stuff. Right. He, so, they, he goes to get uh, Ruddy McDowell, Peter Vincent. And I love this character so much. Uh, it, and it, I'm sure this wasn't the first time this had happened, but it was, like, the first time I ever saw it where... He was an ultra superhero, like, in film, which is great. Like, when he goes to go after the vampire in the movie, he's got the fucking stake backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, look at this idiot. But in real life, he's a coward. Like, yeah. And I, I, I love that, that, he's, that he just doesn't believe him. But he comes up with the idea to, uh, well, let's do a test. You know, like, holy water or, or a mirror or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, that shit that we all know from growing that up. That phone call. Is so weird. Which phone call? When they call him to preface that. Like, we're going to bring over some holy water. Does that really work? No, it's just faucet water. I love that. I, but I like how the stuff he's like, no crucifixes. Because he says, I'm recently water. converted. And I'm... He's I'm a born again. Offensive. Yeah, I'm born again. And he'll find it offensive. Great vampire way of going. Don't bring that Don't shit bring over that. here. Right. Yeah, hide behind religion. Everyone else does it. But uh, go ahead. Keep keep going, though, with the... No, I, th- I, I, think, I think that's that's good. And... And he's a guy, I mean, we don't know a lot about him as a person. Right. But we do know that he has an eviction notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's lost his job. He's lost his job. He's lost his apartment. Yeah. And he, I think he just does this out of boredom, if, if nothing else. But his, his apartment is decorated like a vampire hunter's apartment would be. There's weapons on the wall. There's all these artifacts. I'm sure they're movie props because he carries the stuff. He's got... Here's the mirror from Orgy of the Dead. This is the right. gun from Orgy of the Dead. I think it's because he likes to live in the past. That, that he like, you know, he's one. He's like a, a fallen idol mm-hmm. kind of thing, where it's like, oh, I'm just gonna keep relying on my past to pave the way for my future. Kind of. What thing. kind of town is this? It's a weird. Has town. a movie studio. Yeah, it's, it's a, a weird town. And then his yeah, girlfriend. It's underdeveloped. Like we get no development because, like, if you notice, like when they're going through the streets, like completely dead, and then all of a sudden, party. Yeah, yeah. big club. Which, that okay, may or may not be legitimate. There may be places like that. Like, I know downtown Jacksonville, Florida, where it is, like, industrial, industrial, industrial bar wine. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, possibly that's, you can write that off as that. Um, so, um, the one thing I, I, I love when, like, kind of, I call it the American Werewolf in London homage. Like, the transformations. The, mm-hmm. the stuff. It's gruesome. 
Like it, and it's it's Fingers. guttural, mm-hmm. but it's it's really neat. When I you, really I really give it credit for that. When you first get the look of Jerry in Charlie's room, that is okay. That's act, that still scares me. It's actually the funniest moment in the movie for me is when he's fully turned and his mom knocks on the door. Like, uh, yeah, uh, I, uh, <laughs> if I could only. It it's, is a, it's fun, not only that. It's, it's the funniest bit to me. It's like. Oh shit! You stabbed a pencil through my hand. I'm a vampire. I'm gonna stop trying to kill you now. Like, what was that pencil made out of? Mm. Like, it, it went through the heart because I really like that scene though. That's a great scene because Jerry. I always liked when he puts Charlie up against the wall and he goes, "I'm gonna give you something that I don't have. A choice." He actually gives him the option. Yeah, because he's read Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's- I will say, so, no, that's a good jumping off point, because the thing is, like, and I remember, like, Preacher, which is going to be coming on AMC in a couple weeks, like, has a vampire as a main part of the story, but the funny thing always about the vampire that it had in Cassidy was that he was the contrarian vampire to the the romanticized idea. There's actually a scene where Cassidy comes upon a room full of, like, the, uh, what's Tom Cruise's name? Lestat. He comes, they're all dressed like him, and they all have the pale face, and he's like, the fuck's the matter with you guys? Because he's Irish. He's like, what's the matter? Like, what are you doing? Like, he doesn't understand that these guys, like, he's like, you don't have to do that. Like, he's just a drunk Irish guy who's a vampire. Right. And that's what's kind of funny. So, the reason I bring that up is Chris Sarandon as Jerry is, like, not played as, like, the, yeah that type of vampire that's like, oh, I'm so troubled. Yeah. He's, he's walking around in sweater vests. Right. He's eating fruit. I, I almost think he could have gone further being an 80s, like, asshole Gordon Gecko douchebag. Oh, yeah. He could have. Like, I think this movie could have done a lot of things easy and you gotta remember like vampire movies at the time and before then didn't really humanize the vampire character like just for him to say that that he's gonna give him a choice mm-hmm. automatically makes him oh that's a good moment absolutely oh yeah that yeah, yeah, yeah. automatically makes him sympathetic in a way that vampires weren't really done like they were either like suave and seductive like Bella Lugosi or they were a monster like Christopher Lee yeah. mm-hmm. so I, I really like that like there's an untold backstory there with Jerry that we're never going to hear. I know, and that's what it is. What kind of bothers me because, like, I, I guess now with like, and I think this is it, the reason I say it is because this comes through a 2016 lens that I'm mm-hmm. looking at it, where it's like that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for more so in a, in movies is to give me the give me a backstory before you deliver, mm-hmm. because then it gives it leaves me with more impact. Like, oh man, right on. I like I like being left to think because I think too many movies today. Give backstory. Well, there's a fine line. You give too much to where, but but I think a lot of them rely on it. Like, oh, we have to know the origin. No, I don't. Oh God, I don't need to know the origin. You could have just casually said you could have maybe dropped how old he was. Oh, it's so much better when you don't know. Like Star Wars, like A New Hope. You know, when we hear about the Clone Wars in one line, right? So much better than what we actually saw. eh, That's different. What I'm no, it's the same thing. What I'm getting here is because in there's a. There is a plot point, though, that comes up with reference to how old he may be, and that's with the painting that looks just like Marcy Darcy. That's where I'm getting, and I just want to know how far back that goes. Because he's when she wakes up in his house, there are all these paintings of different women. They all don't look like her, so it's not like some ancient love, mm-hmm. but it's just one he just happens to have a painting that looks like her. I would like to just know how long, plus how long Dude Man has been his familiar for him to turn to dust. And melt like that. One thing I thought was cool with Tom Holland said, or it was Chris Sarandi. So like in the end, like like what he 
what he liked about the the Jerry character was that it's not just a vampire; it's ultimately a guy. I'm just trying to steal somebody else's girl. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's that's a cool way to look at. It. And I liked Tom Holland when talking about kind of the taking a further step back, taking a look at the Charlie character and the Peter Vincent character. Is that Charlie is the engine that drives the movie, but uh, Peter Vincent is the heart, and yeah. that's true. He's by far like Roddy McDowell's facial expressions. Like, which oh, they're so good. They are like, they go, they they kind of come back to it, almost point where too much. You know what I mean? Like they cut back to like, like him cr- almost crying. I don't know. Is he trying to cry? Is when? he crying? You notice that some of the kill scenes. Oh yeah, where he's the first kill scene where he's watching Ed turn yeah. back into. Ed. Is he crying? I think he's mortified. I, and maybe it's just like, and I get like, depending on what's like, obviously those types of effects, like you know, it could cause your eyes to water mm-hmm. without crying. I get it. That's what I was like, that's got to be what's going on because I don't see that why. Because, you know, it was funny. Right before I put it on was Kingdom of the uh, Crystal Skull. It was Indiana <laughs> Jones. And Shia LaBeouf, like... Oh, that scene. Oh. You know, we're like, he's seen the shit on the exactly walls. I know exactly what you're talking he's about. He's crying. And I'm like, see, now well, that's, why is he doing that? That I can't explain to go, to go to Crystal Skull. <laughs> why? Like, oh, man. Because he's crying over John Hurt. Yeah. And we're like... They, if you, if that was the first Indiana Jones movie you ever saw, you would wonder who the hell this John Hurt character was. I'm, I need to go see the other movies. Right. And you're like, he's not in any of these. Why do why like why are you crying? Why should I feel bad for you crying? I don't know this guy. Would that be your reaction too if you walked in there? Like I'd be more like, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, not just. Oh, I, I think it would help if I knew if I knew about the character before. Like that's one time where I think the right. origin would help. Where it would explain, um, but I think like when it comes to the way, like you say that Peter Vincent's crying in this one. I mean, this is a kid. Oh, this I, is a sixteen or seventeen year old. Kid. I really is don't think he's crying. I actually. Oh, you think, don't think he's I, No, I think it's probably like his. Like it's the actor. Like the there's some like again like mm. with all the shit that like they talked about they use like eighteen hours of effects. Like you're telling me like with especially stuff in the eighties. Like mm. you know he's using the brand X. You know, <laughs> all type. You know shit like that. That's probably going to be like. Not toxic, but at least like give you an onion reaction, kind of or something like that. Like oh, it was, it was fascinating how they use. It was like almost like the storyboard direction is he does something to somebody. We cut, we we continuously cut back to his reaction throughout it. Where it was like, yeah. I don't know why you need to do that that often. I get it in the first like because you got to solidify this guy's committing now to being a part of this. Mm. He's abandoning the cowardly lion. He's now in this for the long haul. Right. It's interesting how they keep going back to it, and it's—I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. It's an interesting choice because it's a very long transformation scene. That it's so cool, yeah. and the reason like um, I, I dig yeah. that is because it felt like a cool homage to Gruesome. American Werewolf yeah. in London in a lot of ways. Now, can you explain to me because this was my—I never had a problem with it before until uh, the last time I watched it. Why does Ed turn into a wolf? They mentioned it before. Uh, where he was make you know just more of of his bullshit. Where he's like, I fought vampires and all their guys as bats, wolf. He turns fog. into Baron Corbin. <laughs> well, the lone wolf. well, vampires the bald spot on can turn into bats. Yeah, they like, can turn th- into that's wolves from and the fog myth- too. They can turn into wolves. They can turn into wolves and fog. Yes. Well, they can turn into fog. Yeah, I know that. But mm-hmm. when did they ever turn into wolves? It's it happens a, a good bit. It just depends on what vampire. I mean, mythology uh, let's face going. it. Honestly, like you can create whatever you want. Vampire. Well, I know. Mythology. But what I'm saying is the movie, like, with the exception of this. Well, you know, before you said that, the movie follows the mythologies of 
vampire lore in books and movies to a T. Right. Everything. You need to be invited in. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have faith for that to work. Right. Stuff like that. And then all of a sudden it turns into a wolf. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's pulling up I don't know here. where that comes from, but it must. It's older stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's there. Control the wolves. I mean, just not saying there is, in the Castlevania video game. Oh. What, this story, you oh. could, one of Alucard's things, he could turn to the fog, right. turn to the bat, turn to the wolf. So, I mean, it's, it's. The original? Not, for the NES? This is no. This is the one we play as Alucard. This is uh, Symphony one? of the Night for PlayStation. Oh, you're talking about. But, but where you're a vampire? No, this was '96 See, or something. When I think of Castlevania, I think of the. But old I mean, Nintendo. you're. But you're. <laughs> the, what the thing is, you're playing as a vampire. That there. Go look it up. I mean, that, like Will said, you can just. We can sit here and say vampires can also shape shift completely and just look like your best friend. Right. It depends on what you want to. Yeah. But it's just a lot of different stuff. Then there are some where they can't. You know, their mythology because they're at. They can't turn to the wolf and sack, whatever. But he did it, and it was quick. I like it. It was quick transition to the wolf. Mm-hmm. Slow, painful transition back to the human form, but also because he was dying. And where you're saying you don't think he was crying, I think he. I think it was tearing up. I don't think it was crying because a couple things. His perception of reality has just been shattered. Mm-hmm. Here's this kid who came. He came to him. One kid came to him for help, and he declined it. This other kid comes to him to help, and he half-ass does it. And then when he has the chance to actually save him, he runs. So he's a little guilty, just right there, but without it balling out. That's that's where I was looking at it. So cool. I, my right son, yeah. yeah. Um, to go back to a previous comment, uh, this was the first time I'd ever heard that um, you have to have faith. I always I always thought, oh, you just show the cross and you're well, good. It's, it's what I was. I, good. In a lot of movies, I've seen like for whatever reason they're like, well, you know, in this movie, like for whatever in this scene doesn't work and they just swipe it away it's like wait why yeah they don't they don't ever say why. A super vampire so what actually <laughs> this movie does is it does give you, give you a reason. slight backstory mm-hmm. i love again it. just enough for you to digest what's going on that you have to you can't just put the shit up you have and to he works with that because ed's new right, right. And, and he said that's not gonna work with me because you have to have faith but when he put the one on ed it's so cool because it's i mean it's a line that you know it's a cause and effect thing like that won't affect me but it also says a lot about that character Who's right. trying to use the cross? That mm-hmm. oh, a question for you: How does Marcy Darcy not be a vampire at the end? What do they do? You have to it, kill the head vampire to turn um, before sundown. Before sundown. The only yeah, thing that, is, that's what, about, what about Ed? Because well, Ed got ganked to begin with. Well, they he said he's dead. alive at the he's end. Still, that's him oh, at the end. So. I, I disregard that because okay. that was supposed, he's fed. He was supposed to be in the sequel. That's the only reason that scene's there. Okay. If they, if they were to ever Because I make thought a that's what... Because when I thought, I was like, they haven't really established that there is a cure for vampirism. So it must be... The only thing I could reason is if you kill off Chris Saran, if you kill off Jerry, mm-hmm. that must make anybody he's turned go back to being normal. There's other but stuff. Ed's dead. Ed's dead. But in, uh, in other... Like, just from the show... No, he died. Uh, when he had the stake through him, when he turned back from being the wolf, mm-hmm. then why is he at the end? Just for the sequel? Just for the sequel. Because it's, so, it's just teasing so out, but... I like to okay. turn the movie off right before that. Because, <laughs> like, it, I didn't always picture it, but there is a another vampire lore that if you're bitten, you can be turned if you don't feed. Because that you haven't killed. You're still human. You have I to gotcha. Human blood? You have to feed. Willingly, you have to willingly feed. Yeah, they've, they've gotten around that recently with other shit. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if it was True Blood or anything, but yeah. like so, It was like a vampire that was afraid to kill, so he would like... Take a human and like knock them out and I got like, you. Withdraw blood from them. Sure, sure, and, sure. Yeah, so it was like that's an interesting way to go about it. I can't remember what the fuck that was. There was a lot. I mean, 
Supernatural did that. Yeah. On an episode where it's like one of them got bit and he's like, well, you've got to. It's like three days. You're going to suck you out the poison. Yeah. And you can't eat. Like, it, you yeah. can't feed kind of thing. Because they could still, during those three days, still be in the sunlight. It starts to hurt. They start to get weaker and stronger. Um, there's, I mean, it just goes back through it. That's why I like about the vampire myth is because films, yes, because they're so recent and coming out. You know, you throw all this stuff. But if you go back and look at them, it's one of the few myths that still exist in several different cultures. There's like all these little tweaks and mm-hmm. turns. Yeah. But there's still some of the same things. So yeah, I, like that's what I remember that turning thing from. Like I remember okay. uh, Dracula did it. Dracula Dead and Loving It, the Mel Brooks movie. That mm-hmm. that that becomes a plot point. I don't remember Dracula two thousand. I saw it, but <laughs> I remember people once like, was enough. I remember this guy like he had I saw a real the sequel to it. This guy, Dracula this guy had a real thick nose. He's like Craven. He's doing it. It's gonna be good. Craven's getting a crack at it. It's gonna be good. The Hunter Craven. And I was like, didn't Craven just produce it? He directed it. I think he did. I mm. think Wes Craven directed Dracula two thousand. Oh, it's awful. Yes. It's hot in the theater. Really bad. Oh! Fuck. Let me ask I did. I did. So, like, the thing Sound that I, I wanted to see, and the reason I'm bringing this up now is because this may be in the remake where they tried to do this because it's the modern way of doing it, which may or may not work. I loved it when it was rear window in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I wish that lasted longer. Like, mm-hmm. to where, like, maybe he is and maybe he isn't. Maybe the main character doubts himself that he is, like, because he's so consumed by loving horror movies that he wants to believe... That guy's a vampire, and then it. it so you want more doubt? It's a little bit. I'm not saying a lot because no, that's the, the last hour of the movie is that last night. It's a whole hour of that. So you have, you don't have to use 45 minutes of it. But I mean, we get that's it. So in Child's Play, the first 45 minutes I think is the best parts of the movie yeah. because for the first 45 minutes you never see the doll live. Oh, so okay. it's kind of a debate: is it the doll or is it the child? Right. And then Chucky comes to life. At the forty-five minute mark, and you're like, "Oh, it's the doll," but but they they hint at and the fact that it might be the boy. I totally get your point about backstory. Like, if you give too much, like it doesn't leave room for you as the audience no, to Steve. imagine. But like, even if you just like, like if you spend more time with him in that room, and I know Disturbia kind of went to that territory with the house arrest thing, and I get it, but that was years down the road. Like, and I'm not saying you have to totally eat the rear Commit window thing, that, right? But like, there is this weird thing that we all have. Like, we're all naturally voyeuristic. If something's going on. Over there, that they can't see me, but I can see them. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. How you doing? I'm gonna yeah. check it out because I'm curious. We're all naturally curious, and the, if you give it a bit more time, it would have been interesting to see. Like a, if we build on, we all mentioned earlier, we sell more that he loves. This guy loves horror movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe he loves them so much that that's why he sucks at trig. Like that he's focused on that <laughs> shit in class. I love that it. He's mad about it too. That he focuses. Damn it! Like, what was he expecting? <laughs> it's not one of those things where it's multiple choice. And what's yeah. weird, like, yeah, you either, I, you're either good at it or you're not. Yeah, I love that's, how Ed's that's like, hard shit. "Call me yeah, what you want, but I'm not failing trig." Like, yeah. oh whoa, I would fail trig easily. <laughs> if you if you spent more time building, and again, like I preface this before we talk about the 2011 one, if you spend time building on that, so then like he's seeing this guy's like. And I get it. Like, I completely buy that you would be naturally cur- curious. Mm-hmm. I would be, of course. Right. I just saw a guy pull a coffin in there. But then, like, it's like, well, did he? They... Maybe if there was more sneaking into the house without anyone noticing. Yeah. It. Like, well, they which sure. they do that in the remake. Yeah. Okay, so now let's do that. Holy yeah. shit. So yeah. Because oh. I think... I'll go ahead and tell you guys this. I have two differing opinions myself on Fright Night. The movie itself, I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. I admire though. I can totally see though the heart of making it, like the the passion, 
and like the independent spirit and making it and it elevates it so that's why like I came into this discussion I was like I really need to hear what Charlie and Jason have to say to try and elevate because right now I came into this at five wow I'm not gonna lie wow I came into it at five <laughs> but see that's why I like I like talking about movies because I can still remember what I saw mm-hmm. and if somebody can give me an interpretation I'm like oh okay now I can re I can reassess that I'm not saying my first viewing is ever completely correct there have been many times I have lowballed a movie mm-hmm. and it's turned out great and vice versa after life beats you down or whatever yeah. you know I mean like I'll give you I'll give you a real bad example Gone to 60 Seconds yeah it I like that movie. Okay, first time I saw it, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. But then, like over time, like every time I watch, I was like, I, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I enjoy this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, like going in, like the first parts of Fright Night, and I think it picked up at the that uh, forty-five minute mark. For the last hour, you had me invested. Mm-hmm. It just, it, oh, the first forty-five minutes is wonky, and I just was like, ah. It's okay, but I can see the heart and soul that Holland and each of these actors, like everybody's putting in, like nobody's half-assing the shit. This no. isn't Bruce Willis and Cop Out or anything like that. But um, that's why I was like, you know, I, and and what you guys said, like it's it's kind of all right. I I could probably bump it now a little. I could bump it, but that's why I wanted to talk about like you know the remake because I want to see like what they thought through a 2011 lens, how mm-hmm. you could improve this and what if it worked and what if it didn't. So go ahead, tell me about it. They do play a little longer with is he or isn't he because okay. they have the luxury and in 2011 they're in a suburb of Vegas. Okay. So like you see like their so house and neighborhood. The setting. Yeah. Oh cool. They change the setting. Where, where were the we reason, Where were we It's setting? never really it's established. never really okay. established. Okay. Okay. But, but I'll pause real quick. The reason they changed the setting is actually really clever. They changed it to Vegas and there's a line in the movie about well everyone has shit covering their windows because everyone sleeps during the day and they go to work at night. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I, I really like that. But yeah, because it's it's you see their neighbor like one of the, the scenes I thought was funny is you see their neighborhood and then you see Vegas out in the distance, yeah. but you don't see anything else. Right, which is like really it's, cool because Vegas is so. Bright. It's like 150 houses surrounded by desert. The, yeah. the big panning shot. You're like that. That's the whole neighborhood, really. Yeah, that's you can see Vegas like over here, but it's just okay. This. Probably like oh, a good right like on. 25 minute drive away. And 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 they pick up on the fact that um. They really do delve into it a little bit. Like, they start noticing kids are missing from school. Mm-hmm. Like, like one by one. And um, they get around some of the memorable kids. moments. So, high school kids? High school kids. High school kids. And they actually look like Boy, kids. And they look like kids. Boys it's, and girls are missing? Yes. Or just, Bo- okay. Both. Uh, okay. Uh, they, they recreate some of the scenes from the first movie, but put a spin on it, which is my favorite so thing the remakes do. Back into like, the very beginning. All right, so we've seen the house. We've seen this neighborhood and everything. So, mm-hmm. does, it, does Anton, Anton Yelkin is the... Yep. Chekhov is the... He's yeah. the dude, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do they how do they do him? Like how do they do him compared to how they did him in '85? He's like, a former nerd turned hot. He's not. He's, he really? had a, he. I think it's because he his girlfriend. Oh girl yeah. He started dating. She's, elevates him. She's too hot. Yeah. But she's way too hot. It, it elevates him by proximity. Is she Marcy Darcy. Well, yeah. But no, I mean that's what, I'm not literally. But she's, but, yeah. but she's the Marcy Darcy character. Yeah. And the mom is Tony Collette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. so she has more to do. Um, but like I said, it, okay. it'll, it'll take a scene from the original and okay. flip it. Okay. So like one of the best scenes in the movie is um, they never invite him in. So they go, all right, well, if you don't invite him in, he can't come in. And then they start seeing him fuck around outside. And they're like, what the hell's he doing? And he goes, and he says like a line like, um, I don't need an invitation if there's no house. And he blows up their house. Yeah. And it's like fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's his own construction right. worker. That's what's good. Tell they- me. 
Go ahead. Tell me about Colin Farrell then in that same yeah, vein. Oh, like, it's the best he is, ever he's his own construction <laughs> worker. Yeah. He's a Which is good though. because now, you know, more modern times it's acceptable to see third shift workers. Sure. Road crews. Sure. Guys like that. Absolutely. So he's busting his own alley. And he, they always see him digging. But what's cool is, whereas this guy had like that cluttered, somehow I just moved in, but there's 8,000 years worth of shit in my basement. Yeah. What is it? It was like a fucking, he'd been digging under everyone's houses. Mm-hmm. And it was just like right. dirt. It was just. And, oh man. So, like I said, there's a lot of. Charlie creeping around the house. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best sequences because it's not a scene. It's a, it's like a 15-minute sequence where a woman goes missing and Charlie goes into the house and he goes upstairs and he sees all, that um, Jerry has an entire hallway of rooms and he keeps people in the rooms to feed off of them. Whoa. So Charlie tries Jesus. to free one of them. Mm-hmm. And she runs out. And, and, yeah, and she runs out. Thank you, Charlie. And she runs into the... Um, Somewhere. Yeah, and she evaporates right in front of him. It's fucking awesome. All right, because Colin Farrell, like, I did a little bit of reading, and I was just, like, looking at, like, he loved the original. It was... I grew up watching it, and then he said, like, he, like, he originally was like, when I heard they were remaking, I was like, man, fuck this. It's going to be garbage. And he was like, I wanted to not like it. I really liked it. And, you know, he he put a, like, he... He came into it with a lot of reverence. My big hang-up, and this was before the movie came out, I went and saw this movie with, like, a, a grudge. But my big hang-up with it was what they were doing with the Peter Vincent character. The Peter Vincent character was played by David Tennant. It was no longer a former B-movie icon. It was uh, a Chris Angel-type character. Biggest magician. And there is a backstory with him. Okay. He knows Jerry Dandridge. Jerry Dandridge killed his whole family when he was a child. Oh, okay. So he has a vendetta to get back at this so guy. It's reversed, where he's faking not knowing shit, but he really he knows, knows everything. a lot of shit. And he can't believe it, that he's come back. And Christopher Mintz... Please, however you say Plassy. it. Plassy. Does a great, great job as Evil Ed because he yeah. takes the annoyance part of Evil Ed and then tones it down a little bit and makes him more smarky and an asshole. Yeah. And you guys mentioned like their di- or their relationship is not like... It's almost tragic mm-hmm. like to watch Evil Ed interact with uh, Charlie. Like Ed, you know, he's like, he brings up all the shit they used to do when they were kids and... And, and, and he just shrugs it off like it's nothing. Yeah. You know? So he's, he feels betrayed by his own friend. Because he calls out to Charlie for help when he gets... Tur- he gets turned into pool. Right. And he does call out to Charlie and, yeah, nothing, nothing happens. So it's, it's actually kind of sad. All right. So tell me how they set... Like, because we talk about in this movie, like, pretty much by 45 minutes, it's go time. The last hour is just pretty much nonstop. So how do they set up him knowing or figuring out that this guy is... This Jerry... This new neighbor... Is a vampire? Do they set it up a little more subtly? Does it take a little longer? Because the, they movie, do it about the halfway point. Yeah, right? it's okay. almost like the movie the has a where, fake out ending. Yeah, where Chris Sarandon makes a cameo. I heard about that, mm-hmm. and it's a great little cameo. And if you don't know who Chris Sarandon is or what he looks like now, you wouldn't recognize him. But I remember watching it in the theater, thinking, "Is this the end?" Like, because it definitely feels like an ending. But no, it goes. It's the only forty-five minutes into the movie. <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, I can't quite remember like when they figured it out. I think it's the part with the house because at first he's like, oh, you know, oh, there's something wrong. He's a vampire. Then he's like, he he kind of modernizes. He goes, no, but he's there's something up. This guy's fishy because he keeps bringing all these hot chicks over, and right. I never see him leave. So that's when he goes into the house and the chick comes out. I think is really when it cements for him. Oh, for Charlie. For yeah. Charlie, it's real. And then everyone else is just like, dad, just shit happens. Oh, the, the, when his mom's after them. That's one of the best moments. Um, he's trying to convince his mother. Uh, like, this movie really does the mother much better justice. Tries to convince the mother 
that he's a vampire. And, okay. and, and, and yeah, he's trying to get in the house. And he knocks on the door and he's like, Evelyn or whatever her name is, let me in. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the few times I see this in movies where the kid is pleading with his mom not to let him in the house. And she just goes, no, I'm not letting him in. Yeah. And she goes, I, I, I believe you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which it's is just, rare. Which is so rare. Yeah, because my mother movie, would never just do like, She's just so cavalier. And like I thought like they were going to play up like that. She's like, is she lonely? Is she this? Mm-hmm. Is he going to go after his mom? Which right. she is. And they play that up more in the remake. Gotcha. Okay. No, I don't think the remake is better. Uh, simply because I grew up with that first movie. And Sure. Know. No, I understand. But it but it's different significantly. And, and the stuff that you were wanting. Yeah. Is it That's gets. Because it's okay. then someone who watched it and went, well, I want that. Why didn't they give me that? Why don't I just give everyone else that? Is what I think they do. All right. I so, definitely think you should see it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to ask you guys now, because we talk about the transformations and how cool they were. Like, it's, How did it, like, because the, the CGI. Tough thing is, I'm gonna ask you because that's that's a tough thing now. Like when you do, like Star Wars is a good example. Practical, digital, Mm -hmm. because it's years later. Now we can do this and we can do that. We don't have to do all this other 18 hours worth of makeup and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. How does it translate in the sequels? It still is cool. Some CGI, Mm -hmm. some practical. Some yeah, some CGI. um, You can tell that it's CGI. Some you can't. What I can always tell is CGI. Is blood, mm-hmm. and if you're doing a vampire movie, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And the same, it's like if you watch Walking Dead, like that show drives me fucking nuts because I know CGI blood and it takes me right out of it. Gotcha. Every single okay. time. Uh, now, for modern times on a modest budget, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, what they do with it, um, but like he 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 does face contortion stuff, mm-hmm. Jerry, and you can tell that and you're like, oh, that doesn't look real. Okay. So I told I. I prefer the practical effects. Sure. It's oh, more, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, more of a tense movie. Whereas this one you're watching has kind of got that lighthearted... This movie, the remake's more visceral. Yeah. The scene like, in the car. The scene just, in the car. Yeah. And okay. it's and the direction's awesome. Like, that, with the inside the car, the way the camera turns. Like, it has a much more polished, slick kind of feel to it. Okay. Whereas the original feels more, like, low budget. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, let's all everyone band together and let's, yeah. let's try to make totally. a good movie. As yeah. opposed to these are, let's get the fuck out of here. Tom Holland, like, Holland, like, basically said, like, the movie doesn't have the heart or the humor. Other than that, it's... The great. remake? Yeah. He yeah. said they had good intentions. Like, he didn't, like... like the, I, the finale's awesome. Is it? I actually... I would almost say the finale outdoes the first one with okay. with how, how to dispatch the vampire. It's okay. fucking cool. Yeah. But um, David Tennant, he's great in the part, and that's what I was hanging up with so much. I was like, if you're gonna ca- like cast a B movie actor, cast like Bruce Campbell or something. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that guy like Doctor Who? Was yeah, one of the Doctor Who's. He yeah. was. He was the I most never popular that at all. Doctor okay. Who. Okay. Um, but he's a great actor on his own. I mean, he's Shakespearean trained and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's he's fantastic, <laughs> and the cast itself all around is very good. Yeah. And in, like in terms of a remake, yeah, it's the best one that I've seen in a long time. Because man, I'll tell you, like I had forgotten there was a remake. It, yeah, because it feels that. And there's a sequel to that. All right, so I was gonna. I saw that. I saw that With there the was from one. Dexter. Yeah. No, and you know what? They took the plot from the second one with Ragsdale and and Rod. Really? Yeah, which is a pretty decent movie. Yeah, but the problem is they had no one from the remake in the in the sequel, which was direct to video. So, yeah. right there, I'm it, not It's another that. one of those, like, it's just, let's just churn them out to churn them out, put yeah. the name on it, don't have anything to do with it. Gotcha. It's a real shame. Okay, all right. Uh, as a quick callback uh, to the to the remake, uh, there was an article that hit the internet about a week ago about Colin Farrell asking him what he was most proud of in all of his work. And oddly enough, he said Fright Night. Really? And they said, well, why? Why Fright Night? He goes, you know, he goes, you know, I thought it was a good movie. Um, 
the box office wasn't really there, but what I was most happy with with that movie was that was where I met the man who I would introduce to my mom, who ended up marrying my mom. Really? Yeah, and they're in their 70s. And he said, and for that alone, he said, I am more proud of that movie than anything he's I've ever a done. Fascin- like, I love Colin Farrell. He's fascinating. The lobster. Gotta see it. And, and the, yeah, I've heard of Gotta that. see this movie. He's fascinating because, like, and I know it's we're talking 2011 now, but I don't care. Like, I think it's, he's interesting because... You remember in what, 02 and 03 when he had like a run? He had like five or six number one movies in a row, but they're all garbage. Mm-hmm. Like The Recruit. He Bad. Had, he had um, Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil. Phone Phone he was Booth. good. Thank no, you. no, no. I love Phone Booth. But no, 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 no. There's no bullshit. That movie's fucking okay. awesome. <laughs> I think the only the thing that's a bummer is I think they watered that down after that sniper in DC. Possibly. That's the only thing. Doesn't make, that the writer, movie's not good. Eh, it's okay. I think like it. Fair, I, it's funny how um, Farrell would it would take years before he like all of a sudden he became recognized as being serious. It's funny in terms of well, go ahead, go ahead. I was say SWAT was another, mm-hmm. and then there was um, what was that three hour long movie with him and Christian Bale like the New World? Okay, or that, whatever? Yeah, all right. So that was a Malik. Malik. Yeah. Oh, um, there was. I'm it's on Criterion, so it must be good. He ha- oh right right. <laughs> they don't put out crap. Um. Damn, I'm trying to think what other. F- Cause, but bottom line, he went. Remember, he went through a whole run of like, Tigerland. Mm. That's his first. Oh one. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love Tigerland. He, he went, dropped off. Minority for a Report. He did. Yeah. Well, Minority Report. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it felt like after, like once 04 hit, he just kind of started to. Because mm-hmm. remember, like there were all these things like he's getting drunk out in public, mm-hmm. which you know whatever. He, he whipped his dick out. Yeah, yeah. him you and Britney Spears it? hooked up or whatever. Yeah, the Britney Spears. No, 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 no. Out. All this stuff. He would show up and parody himself in a lot of stuff. Because yeah. he's in Scrubs. He wasn't him, but he was, like, him. And then, like, like, in Bruges. Okay, there we go. That's where, like, it gets interesting. <clears> because <throat> I remember, like, he won the Golden Globe mm-hmm. for Best Actor in a Comedy. And it was, like, you Colin know. Colin spot. And then it was, like, there was, um, what else? I think that that New World was, like, somewhere. It was before that, but it mm-hmm. was in that area. What else? Um, he did Seven Cycle oh. Pass. Oh, my God. Yes. And then Saving Mr. Banks. He is a Oh, he's, oh, man. man. Oh, horrible yeah. bosses. Were yeah, he... he's really good. Like, I mean, you know, I, I've seen. Um, I mean, it's I was swimming with sharks and all that shit, but it was very good. Mm-hmm. I loved him, and it was he's a fascinating career mm-hmm. to where now, like, by the time like Fright Night comes out, like he, he's pretty well respected, and now like what would you? What, I've heard of that. The floor. lobster. Yeah. Lobster. Something. What like, is that? Something like uh, it's um, not too distant future. Not... It's illegal to be single. Right. So if you break up or have a divorce. You are shipped to like this four star prison, where you are transformed into a lobster. Is that what? Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't get that far. I was listening to John C. Riley talk on the What the Fuck podcast. The reviews are incredible, which I'm like, really? Well, I have to see. Good that. for him, man. Like it's it it's where we're talking about the remake. <laughs> it's definitely interesting. No, well, I mean, it's you know, but um, any other, what other what other things? If have we missed anything that you guys like as. Much as big fans of the movie, to, that you to go back to about. the first shot, uh, it's one of my favorite ways to open a movie. Um, the only one I could think of for some reason off the top of my head right now that did it also was Unlawful Entry, the Kurt Russell Ray Liotta film, mm-hmm. where it's a panning shot of houses, or it would be an, or a shot of a city, and the camera just decides to pick a house. Right, like every house has a story. We're gonna tell you this one. Like I've always liked that. Yeah. You know, we could go anywhere. It's like with Unlawful Entry, it's the whole city of LA, and it just picks a cop car and just follows it, and it's Ray Liotta. 
Mm. It's like, I wonder what story this is. It almost feels like a Twilight Zone kind of thing. Another thing I noticed, they, from Dust Till Dawn, definitely borrowed from the finale of this movie. Like, when they're knocking out holes. Yeah. Like, it's it's right out of Fright Night. Mm -hmm. Totally, 100%. But go ahead. I was wondering how many fucking windows does that basement have? (laughs) Um, But... The ending of the Fright Night is so much more epic because the whole time, like he's these missing people, it's like an army of vampires. So it's kind of got right. That, They're that, coming out of the walls. I can't remember. Is it he doesn't think the guy's a vampire? Isn't it? Evil Ed is the one that keeps telling him there's something weird with this guy. Yeah, Evil Ed knows all about. Jerry evil Ed knows all about him, and no one yeah. believes Evil Ed because he's yeah. been recording him in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's yeah. what really is the turn. Because it's all I haven't seen it since the one time. Yeah, but uh, I was, I've watched it the same night I watched uh, the, the first one. Oh, wow. You know, when I was preparing for this, because I was like, I wonder how it stacks back to back. You know? And uh, it's great. And, and it's a, it's just different enough to where I'm not annoyed by it. Mm. You know, like most remakes. I'm like, yeah. if you're going to remake it, take the plot and then do something different. And I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what was I, I was going to ask you about um, uh, the Billy Cole character. Sure. What do they do? Because we were at, we were talking about like there is, is he, no Billy Cole character. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah, rid of Billy Cole. Oh, okay. Since I got he, you. I his got handyman you. works at night. He doesn't need a familiar. It's a modern times. Right. Eighty five. It might be difficult to hide the fact you're a vampire. Living in Vegas and now where and, everyone works during the day, or sleeps during the day and works, works at night. night anyway. Yeah. If Jerry's missing, he's just sleeping because he he's a, he works at night. Gotcha. It's that awesome. It's really good. It's great. Um, who did that? Who did that movie? Who? From, Craig, Craig Gillespie. Um, never. I don't know him from anything else. (laughs) But, like, when they were remaking, let's remake all the 80s horror movies. The Thing, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, in the 70s. This was the only one that I really thought was worth a shit. Um, It's the only one I've seen. Really? Out of all the remakes, yeah. I saw The Thing one, and, like, the... Oh, it sucks. The only only thing I found interesting was, like, they used the wolf shot at the the end end to set up the real thing. Why? Sorry, the movie sucked for this long. No, here's something to remind you of that great movie from thirty is, years ago. It's like you're trying to do the same movie, but just to set up the movie that did it better. You did a remake prequel. Fuck. This. Yeah, and it. Yeah, it's got uh, the original. It has one of my favorite lines in all the movies, and it's set up um, where the TV show is always introduced as "Welcome to Fright Night," mm-hmm. and then it finally gets to Chris Sarandon. "Welcome to Fright Night," for real. Yeah, and it's just oh shit. That's the one thing that, that was awesome. missing. To me, from the remake, is yeah. There's nothing like there's that. not that at all. So there's no. He calls Fright Night his magician show. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But yeah, there's no like kid doesn't have an attachment. He just kind of sees it. Right. And and that that's the one thing that that's if they're talking about the heart is there's no connection for him to want to go seek help from. Does this it guy. feel because like we talk about the original? Like it feels like it is definitely a commentary on horror that is now feels like it's outdated mm-hmm. in the form of now slasher flicks is the remake. Touch on that. Not really, because when Fright Night, the remake, came out, we were in a vampire craze, and I'm certain that's the only reason that movie was even considered for a remake. Oh, everyone loves vampires. No, people like shitty romance novels. Yeah. Not not vampires. Monstrous vampires. One reason why I wanted to go see it, even though I was so apprehensive, I was like, a real vampire movie. Right. And granted, it's a remake of my favorite one. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll check it out anyway. Um, Yeah, it's... Like that original movie, I think because of the fact that it's back in style, I think it's held up. The effects, maybe not so much, but I, I think there's a charm to a, to effects like sure. that. Sure, oh, yeah. It's yeah. that, just the gore, the but melting. Cool. I was talking about the transformation where it's like his, his wolf skeleton all of a sudden, then it starts to, the bones grow to humanoid, and you see that slow 
almost Harry uh, Harryhausen right. egg style. Yeah. And there's a real old school mentality to Chris Sarandon's performance. Uh, Mallory pointed it out to me. I was like, "You're right. He has a there's a stillness about him. You know, he's not all over the place. He's very cold, very calculated." I feel like, then he becomes Prince, like the the Perry, like how he's just walking. He just it, with each pass, he gets a little closer to Amanda Burst. Mm. So the funny. club scene, it's I love the club scene. Kind of outs himself. Jesus, like yeah, he takes a tiny Lister Junior. Basically, yeah. and just chucks him across her. That thing's hilarious. Hey, pal, yeah. you gotta go. You want chicken? Dude, you gotta that go dance. Else. I mean, I was like, because I even felt comfortable with my wife's watch. Like, was kind of my my wife's doing something on her phone. I was sort of like. Well, now, know, but, uh, but did you feel uncomfortable because it was he's like finger banger on dance floor, or did you feel uncomfortable because it's Marcy? If it I wasn't like Marcy, Marcy. I it's hard to not remember. I do that think it's about Marcy. Yeah. yeah, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, married with children. She's the neighbor. She is the neighbor and married with children. Who's actually she's a lesbian in real life. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they ended up in direct. Oh yeah, they ended stuff. up incorporating that into the show, uh, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I recall. So yeah, it's hard to forget that with her. Yeah, they definitely... Man, when she turns, they super amp up her sexuality. I didn't know think it was the same person. I didn't either. Her hair, like, her hair... I like how her hair goes back. Her hair goes all 80s. Has she just been holding it up this whole time? And where she's all vamped out? And then, like, after she's turned back, it's back to that quasi-bun shit. I'd be like, can you go back to that minus the jagged teeth and shit? (laughs) And it was blonde. Instead of brown, uh, yeah. I really like the score in the movie. It's by uh, Brad Fidel, who mm-hmm. did the the, nice. the Terminator, well, James Cameron trilogy of Schwarzenegger films. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because you don't see his name pop up on hardly anything mm-hmm. other than James Cameron films. Um, love the title screen, like mm-hmm. when it says Fright Night, and then the the fangs, the, the fangs come down. Yeah, it, it has an old school feel to it that I just. Oh yeah, about. I mean, you it is contagious, like the 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 kind of I don't know charisma the movie has, like where it's like we we're gonna make. We're gonna make a movie. We're, We're gonna, gonna make a movie, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that. That's what's really cool. Sort of like how when you watch Evil Dead for the first same time, same thing. Like, mm-hmm. I get count. the same feel from that movie. And yeah. those effects, same yeah, thing. It still works. Where's it? Uh, like, I don't even know how much you guys like vampire movies. Like, I think you can take them or leave them. Like, they're a lot better. Okay. I feel the same way, and I love vampires. Yeah. but I, I just don't think there's not that many good vampires. I mean, even Bram Stoker's like Dracula, the ones Coppola <laughs> did, is like. Is, <laughs> It's, it's I am so scared to go back to that movie because of that first time I saw it and how much I man. thought it sucked. Oh man, it was. I mean, Hopkins and Oldman. Hopkins okay. go wrong. Because <laughs> then Keanu's your Keanu is Parker. But the reason that movie, writer, reason I appreciate not... that movie, is because of Mel Brooks's movie. Right. Like when you look at the, the production design of the Mel Brooks movie, you're like, it looks just like the Bram Stoker. Yeah. It should have been called Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula because it's right. not Bram Stoker's no, Dracula at all. Um, I mean, like the cla- interview with the like, vampire the cla- like, turns into a wolf in that movie. Mm-hmm. We're like for you, interview, it's stacked. All right, interview. Was, Tom Cruise is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interviews. I put but, interview pretty high. Oh, not the movie itself. Man, the pacing is just ridiculously off <laughs> for that I, entire movie. The interview, the vampire movie. Yeah, but. I read the books, and the fact that, like, if you go back and watch that movie after you read the other books, because it's, you're watching, what's good about that movie is, like, Brad Pitt's like, oh, Lestat's such a bad person, Lestat's such a bad person. Then the rest of the books are Lestat. As a hero? Not, not because he's like, I read this shit, this guy's bad-mouthing me, here's my story. He was a pussy, this is not how things are supposed to go, this is what really happened. So it kind of amps it up. In that way. I like vampire movies. He's got to get his heat back. Yeah, he, he does. Heat he, back. It's why he killed Christian Slater. Or gets him. I'll give you the I love that ending. Yeah. The, the ending, ending is, is awesome. The ending is good. 
That's the movie all. has moments, yeah, but yeah. performance-wise, it's solid. And Tony, that's and I think no, that's Kirsten what I remember the most. I, yeah, I, I, was you seven in that movie? Your first kiss is with Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. In the movie. I really yeah. think that's why I, I I think of it so highly is just because I think Cru, uh, Cruise Cruise kills it. Yeah, even like Anne Rice even said that she when she was talking about Interview with the Empire when they when she heard they cast Tom Cruise she flipped her shit. She, yeah. she was so fucking mad. And then she saw the test footage and completely did a 180. Yeah. But then the other, the Queen of the Dam, piece of shit. Oh, yeah. See, but just because a bad, yeah. that's the thing is, a, a, vamp, a, a bad movie is a bad movie. Yeah. Vampire stuff can be good. Like, I tend to like vampire movies. I'm, I'm back and forth. There's the John Carpenter vampires where they're kind of monstrous. Yeah. Except for the head vampire right. generally. Then there's this movie that I saw on Netflix. You know, it's called Suck. But it's about, <laughs> but it's about a, a band. wet dream. Yeah. It's, but it's a... Of course, but it's about a, a band who they're struggling rock band, and they're like three dudes and a hot chick bass player. That is the key, and this vampire sees the chick and turns her, and so she's like glamoring people, and they get successful because she's seducing people through the music, and slowly starts turning the band because they're all like, "Don't turn us," and they all get turned. But the gimmick with it is, is Henry Rollins is a radio DJ, um, Iggy Pop is like Frankenstein, the mm-hmm. vampire hunter who's after them. Is uh, I'm starting to sound like Monster Squad, but it's they don't, which is a good movie. It is a good movie, but what's his name? The guy who played Sauron in Star Trek. I can't think of his name. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell is the vampire hunter. Who what? But generations. Yeah, Yeah. but he's he's so because it's you you think it's going to bring this this levity or this this elevated because of Malcolm McDowell, Mm -hmm. and he's just like he's hard on vampires because they killed his foxy mama in the seventies. Which is great. It's it's a real fun movie because vampire movies should be fun yeah. when they're right. over sexy and taken too seriously. Like I can't stand the vampires in the underworld movies. Oh fuck! Yeah, those um, between underworld those and Twilight, it's oh, really so just bad. like action. Everything took fun, a hit, but when she's just walking was through it, that house, was blood and chocolate. Was that another one of those weird yeah. movies? Like there's yeah. a couple weird one-offs that yeah. pop up. But I, like, I like the Bella Lugosi one. Like if we're gonna mm-hmm. go old school, I've seen Nosferatu, uh, mm-hmm. which Shadow of the Vampire with Willem Dafoe. Bad, That's yeah. a great movie. Um, the Hammer Horror movies with um, Christopher Lee as Dracula. He's probably my favorite Dracula. Like, he's fucking awesome. Once bitten with Jim Carrey. Oh, Hutton. I, I, now, again, <laughs> I, I don't think from Dust I, I like oh, no, from no, no, Dawn no. for a I lot of reasons. I love that movie. For a yeah. lot, I, I don't think of it as a vampire movie Because for the first half, it's not. Because that would be... Like, that's how that's how I like my vampire movies. Like, well, you can be a dick if you want. But it's a fun... It's overall... From Dust Till Dawn is a great so fucking flick. cool. Such a good mm-hmm. movie. But uh, yeah, I, there, it's an interesting subgenre because like, there's there's I, I I have a hard time. I have to think a while before I come across like a good catalog of mm-hmm. good ones. Oh, no. I have a plethora of ones I don't like. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I hate that. I don't like that. You know, like um, that's like yeah. When I think of vampire movies, I think of Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like that's always my go-to. Like that's, I I definitely think it's that much better than most that other stuff we listed off and again interviews for the performances like that's why oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll always hold that that's the only reason I continue to watch it Jason where do you rate it I put this as a 9.5 cool because of just the, the nostalgia that it brings and still going back and watching it and haven't seen it in years and, and still just laughing yep goofing off it's, it's a fun movie which is what it should be Charlotte where do you put it it's a 9 the nine? It's a cool. nine. I guess a childhood favorite mm-hmm. um, that I I've only grown to appreciate more as I've I've seen more movies as I've gotten older. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a 
just a fun movie and shows what you can do with very little money. Yeah. And the fact that it was a success right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. for these guys. I, I love it. I started off the conversation, like I came into this at a five. And I said that, and, I, and again, that's just the movie itself. Like I do really admire, like I love like the, like I, I love when you can feel the independent filmmaking through it. Now, having discussed, like discussed it with you guys, I would, um, I'd probably raise it up to a very, and I would say a very happy six. Like I don't, it's, it's not like, oh, it's, it's barely passable. It's like, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I do find it to be very enjoyable. Um, do I, like, for the previous movies were either they've been nines or tens I've listed up, do I put it up there? No. Would I hate rewatching it? Absolutely not. I, especially if Halloween or whatever came around or something like that, it'd be yeah. fun to see. If it was also being, like, released, re-released in theaters, probably be a bag of fun to go see it in the theater. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. a doubt. I'd probably go watch the remake now just to kind of compare it. I would say that. So, that's a... And that's a fun thing. And I, and I think just as a whole, I think that's what's underrated about talking about movies is that, like, I know I'm extremely critical. I know you're extremely critical. I know you can be critical. I think you're a little bit more, like, you can be... I demand a lot. I, 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 I think you're a lot nicer than necessarily I can be about for... I liked it. Yeah. And, and, that's, and, that, and, that, and that's cool. I wish yeah. I was more like that. What I think's cool, though, is there's nothing wrong with saying, like, I, if I... I came into a discussion thinking movies, eh, you know, subpar or whatever. I think it can certainly change, and it's not a bad thing to have it change by talking about it with others. Because, like, again, like I enjoy perspective. Like, mm-hmm. if you can give me a perspective on something, that then I can, you know, recall what I saw. Like, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Then right. I think that's a cool way to elevate. And I think you can do that with any movie. I mean, right. Any any flick. Well, it's the same if you go to a movie for the first time you've seen it and you have. A, bad date yeah or just like yesterday I went to see Civil War my friend I had to drag him out of the house and he was all pissy because the guy didn't break his change right at the counter kind of thing so he's just arms crossed like most of the movie it it interfered with my perspective same thing talking with someone after though can most of the time though I think talking with someone you have a better chance of raising something than lowering something yeah when uh, Siskel and Everett used to do their show Siskel was only able to change Roger, Roger Ebert's mind on one movie, where Roger Ebert said, oh, it's a thumbs up, and then Siskel gave him all these reasons, he goes, you're right, it's a thumbs down. You know what movie what was that it? was? No. Broken Arrow. <laughs> Man. I like Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow was fun. That's a fun movie. Howie Long is a henchman. Die Hard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Cliffhanger, like, it's, it's, it's the same movie. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think I think that's what discussions are good for, and I can give you a copy of the remake easily. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that goes for wrestling too. Like you know, oh, like, yeah. you can totally go into a show like not really liking it that much, but then come out of it based on a conversation and be like, you know what, I did kind of miss that. Now that you filled that in for me, okay, right on. That's some some people used to say to us like, why do you guys just talk about movies all the time in this night? There's a lot it's to talk It's really about. fucking fun. Yeah, like, yeah. A, it's really fun. B, maybe I'll hear something that I never really thought of before. Yeah. That makes me go, oh, like this, this shot that I thought was inconsequential yeah. is actually quite important. Sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So, kind of, from now we're going to be moving on from Fright Night. The next, the next dis- group discussion, movies for guys who like movies. Do something a little different. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to come into the to, to 2015 with it with a bang. It's going to be Star Wars: The Force Awakens for a good reason. This actually has a really good reason around it because I'm a big fan of Star Wars. Charlie's a big fan of Star Wars. 
Jason is not, but for a reason. I understand. Like, I get your reason. Go ahead and explain. It's just, it, it's too you hear, you hear something just too tease much. It. No, yeah. you hear you hear of something too much, yes. and you go no. Like yeah, that? I, I just don't see. Where just tease it. Don't from. don't right. give away that, the that's house. Where I'm here. getting it, but that's right. And I haven't seen it yet. Right. I have not seen Force Unwakens. Unwakens. <laughs> I've seen three. Haven't seen it. Um, was gonna go see it with my friend when he came home from Afghanistan. He got home. His wife wanted to go see it. She takes priority, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I hear that happens when you get married. That's yeah, it. yeah, does it? I can't imagine. No, just, but I understand. So I'm looking forward to being able to see it. I'm not going to be looking at, well, I don't like Star Wars, so blah, blah, blah. No, that's cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing J.J. Abrams' cover of A New Hope. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And well, you can see that already. It's the, called Star Trek. I think yeah. the good thing by this point, everyone <laughs> who was who was needed to see it or wanted to see it has seen it, so mm. the, the spoiler kind of thing is not a big shouldn't be a huge deal at this point, but we'll see. I've already heard that shit. Oh, I'm not talking about for you. I'm talking about for like people who yeah, listen to it. They're like, yeah. we didn't know. What'd you well, show me here's, about? Here's the difference. If you're this listening to a review of The Force yeah, Awakens. Right. This didn't pop up in your Twitter feed with a picture of someone saying something. You click play. Right. You're, right. you're pulling into it. Um, That'll be an interesting I, I think I loved the Quick Take series we did. It was really fun. With Jason doing The Descendants, Charlie doing Father's Day, me, me doing Hooper. I've already three, got another one in mind. We, we three, did very different movies. Oh but my they god, all it's the strangest three-pack. But they, <laughs> they all really do tie together, though. And yeah. I thought that was really cool. So, And you guys came, you, you, you listened to it. I could just tell by looking at the numbers. And it was really, really cool. We are going to bring it back. We do, like, down the road, one, we'll go ahead and let you know that it's going to happen. We're going to do Dirty Harry. The Dirty Harry Explain franchise. Explain it, yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun the way we do this. Um, we're going to do Dirty Harry, the first one, all together. Then the next three, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, and Sudden Impact, each of us is going to do a quick take on it. And then we're going to come back together. <laughs> we're going to come back together to finish off the franchise <laughs> with the Deadpool. And it's, it's going to be a badass like, Not couple Deadpool. Of weeks. The Deadpool. Deadpool. Right. Oh, oh, oh. And Clint Eastwood. Dude, we're going to get Wade hits. Wilson. Yeah, I know. Just based on that. <laughs> money, money. <laughs> we're going to give you <laughs> So that's going to be really cool. That's going to be coming down the pipe. But first, we're going to hit up Force Awakens. I think we're, we're going to hit up Civil War. Mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War. We're going to do that just because that's also out now as well. And we're each going to see it at some point. I don't know when that's going to hit, but... Just to kind of give you a tease of what's going well, on. I'm the only one that hasn't seen it, right? Well, I haven't seen it yet either. I'm not going to see it till June, probably. So it's still going to be some time. But we're going to get you to, to it. see it with Dave? No, I'm going down. Like, um, when I go down there, I don't know. I, I may, I still may or may not see it, but I'm going to try to. In one way, shape, or form, I'm going to see it um, kind of like by at least mid-June. That way we can at least talk about it. And by that point, then again, everybody's seen it, has seen it, wanted to see it, or whatever. So True. we'll be able to talk about it by that point, but... Just to give you a tease about it, those quick takes were a blast to do. Mm-hmm. I think they were a lot of fun. It kind of shows you where everybody really does have a different perspective on movies. It doesn't matter. And um, we'll be coming back at it. So the next Movies for Guys Who Like Movies will be Star Wars The Force Awakens Episode 7. We're coming into modern times. This will be fun. But yet retro. The next... <laughs> uh, Star Wars. Right. The next New Blood Rising podcast for the wrestling will be SmackDown from... <laughs> Two Eight, days from now. Yeah, two days. <laughs> which will be, what was it, well, April actually in the past or May? To this. Oh, right, right. This is May 15th, so it'll be May, May 17th. 17th. The, no, the May 19th edition. That's when it airs, now. right. It's mm-hmm. the go home. 
do extreme rules. My God, is that only a week from now? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, three pay-per-views. It's in hard to keep So there's up. a lot out there. And if you want to chime in with opinions, suggestions, or just reviews, whatever you want to do a with request, stuff we've seen. A requested movie. Request. Like, you go, well, how will these guys? Well, there was a request for Suburban Commando. I yeah. saw a request for that. We got a request for The Replacements, which would be a really... Mm. Which oh, is yeah. on Netflix, so that's yeah. easily accessible. Yeah. So we'll, um, that could be coming down the line. We'll see. But um, uh, Twitter, at New Blood Pod. Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. And our Gmail is newbloodrisingpod at gmail.com. So three ways you can get in touch with us and let us know what you think and everything like that. I myself, though, I'm at William Rinkin 83 I'm at the Jason Keesling. I'm at CM underscore staff. We're going to see you guys very, very soon for New Blood Rising Podcast.
Yeah.